big plays, and even bigger laughs. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Glad to be part of your Wednesday. It is the Morning Drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. He's Jamie. I'm Choice. In for Chuck. Apparently my mentor, according to the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Okay. You can uh, join us there. Like someone here says, Lint, don't you have Velcro on your remote? Mm. Do you? I do not. I do get very frustrated when the three females in my house do not put the remote back specifically where it goes when they're done with it. Three females. That felt, that felt passive aggressive. Well, it's not the dog. Well, Winfield doesn't do it. Are you sure? Can he fetch? Uh, I don't, I've never tried, I don't think. Never tried? Well, I mean, I'll play like with a tennis ball with him. And That's we'll, what I mean. Can he? Oh, yeah. He can fetch a tennis ball? Yeah, but I don't ever throw the remote for him to go get. <laughs> you're not watching sports right if you're not throwing remotes, Jamie. Come on. <laughs> you must not be taking yeah. in as much Texas Tech sports as the rest of us. Yeah. Is it bad? Was was that like sexist for me to say to three no, females? No, not okay. at all. There, I mean, I there's, just, that's all you have in your house. I mean, I just described them. No, that's yeah. It just felt like the. I guess I could say the, the other three humans in my house. That's true. The inflection of your voice when you said that when the three <laughs> females get a hold of the remote it's just it's like just uh, so. I mean, it's so difficult to put it back up there by the TV for some reason. Instead, it's. Under the chair, under the couch, in the couch cushions. Wait, like, it's okay to have by you while you're watching, but you put it by the TV whenever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was you about shut to say, the... do you make? Do you actually well, go put it? Wouldn't by... that? Well, wouldn't that make the remote worthless <laughs> yeah, if you had to a, go? Yeah. Like, you might as well go get the yes. dial and change it, like yeah. like you did in the old days. Yeah. Choice no. for all, just surprise. Yours isn't attached to a two by four. Do what now? Where you glue it to a two by four so that it's this giant thing in the room that you always know where it's at. We are pretty good about not losing the remote, but I I'm I get pretty mad when it's when we can't find it, and we have five other humans in our house that uh, can misplace it, but they know they better not misplace it or Dad won't be mm. too happy. Um. This from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Bullfighter says the package was of a year ago. Was it really that long ago? <laughs> I should really give him a good prize pack. Mm-hmm. Some Rangers gear. As uh, Chuck Woodman's mentor. Best way to sleep during sports topic? That's from Dan in Dallas. Greatest moment of the morning drive ever. Wait, did you, Chuck fell already... asleep. I, I missed the story. Chuck fell asleep, fell asleep. yeah. Well, I mean, this has been a long time ago. But okay. Yeah, I, he went to a commercial break, and we came back from the commercial break, and his head was down, and he was asleep. No way. <laughs> yeah. How did I miss this? I mean, I wasn't paying attention to him. I think I was working on my laptop, but the music started, and the liner played, and I waited for him to start He's talking. Out. And Oh, I may, I may remember this. And he Thankfully. didn't start talking, and I turned over, and his... <laughs> Head was down and he was asleep. <laughs> That's amazing. And, <laughs> oh my god. We just kind of, hey, you all right? <laughs> he lifted up his head and started talking. You know, I think I do remember like listening and there being a long gap. 
Chuck's uh, usually man. pretty prompt coming out of the break. So like, yes. He's, he's very, you could very learn good from at that. it. And I could learn from that. <laughs> I fall asleep a lot, apparently. <laughs> Chuck's ready to go, man. He's ready. He's not wasting any time. Let's he go. Does, he wants to get as many words in as, uh-huh. as possible. Yes. Which is, um, which is good. I, uh, I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. That is and for hilarious. and for about five minutes he denied that it happened. <laughs> I said that okay, was I do but, I do think I remember this. But now. then he like gave in. And like, yeah, knew actually, he couldn't. <clears throat> you know, knew he couldn't uh, couldn't pull the wool over our eyes. So, uh, shifting gears here, on the old tweeter machine, on the tweet as Chuck would call it. Uh, we have been asking all summer long your favorite Red Raiders at various positions. This week's is the quarterback. Jeff, who uh, who have been the most mentioned names thus far? Because people still can, can go oh, to yeah. Twitter uh, and submit. Nominations their, still being taken. Yeah, nominations. So for your favorite quarterback, you can go at double T97.3 and, and reply to that post. But uh, who who have been the guys that have got the most pull so far as far as favorites um it should come as no surprise that patrick mahomes and graham harrell have gotten a bunch okay so that's one and two probably um billy joe tolliver getting a lot of love on the chat uh, on the text line yeah i've seen quite a bit uh rodney allison robert hall um let's see who else you're gonna have to run like two polls for this one because there's so many well that's the catch there's only five so we we figure out who I guess I, I figure out who the top three are usually, or top four are, depending on how it looks, and then put everybody in a pool together and then bring it to the committee and let them vote on committee. the final members to to get in. Um, this might be the largest group of individuals that are in that as well. Seth Daigie, Cody Hodges getting some love. Okay. What about BJ Simmons? A uh, bunch of BJ. bunch of BJ. So you're probably, if, if we're talking locks at this point, I would probably say Pat, Graham, and BJ, the way the votes have gone on Twitter. There you go. So you still have that opportunity. We'll officially open the uh, poll tomorrow. And just, just hardly any love for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Isn't that kind of? There, there's been some, but not like everybody else. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I guess my memory of Cliff Kingsbury, I don't have, and this is just mostly because my fandom and age at that time, but the Cliff Kingsbury memories, I don't remember as many specific games with him as I did some of those other guys. Like mm-hmm. There's other just standout moments. The Clemson one that you talked about uh, a couple days ago, that one is branded there. I do remember the the 99 last Spike Dykes game where Cliff comes mm-hmm. in and and helps to beat OU. Um there's a, the beating Texas the, game beating the Longhorns at the, home. That that's one. But then beyond that it's it's kind of just blurry. And I guess that's because you're further away from him than some of the other guys, but not much. BJ Simmons was the the next quarterback. Cliff was the I mean, he was the first air raid quarterback. He was. Yeah. Which I mean, he should was matter. the first. And uh, it was, you know, we went from being 
an offense under Spike Dykes that was completely different than what you had under Mike Leach and for sure and and watching Cliff just drop back and throw and get pounded over and over again and get up because I thought he was I mean he was tough just kind of a gamer I uh, I just always enjoyed that and and again maybe maybe my my enjoyment of him of him and was that he was the first one you know. Yeah, he has probably gotten as much attention in this as Sonny Cumbie has. Yeah, Sonny hadn't, hadn't and I haven't seen, seen a, haven't seen a lot of either of those two guys. Yeah. But the favorite and again, this is not like, who's the best, right? Who's your yeah. favorite? It's just who your favorite. Yeah, is. And, yeah. I, and I wonder how many Tech fans also, you know, went from Cliff being one of their favorite players ever to uh, having a sour taste in their mouth because it didn't go well with him as the head coach. Yeah, and he got every opportunity too and uh, I, I think that's the thing that was so hard with the Cliff Kingsbury era is everybody wanted so badly for him to succeed you obviously want to win because it's Texas Tech and you want anybody to win you know unless the Matt Wells haters that was a different story but you, you want your team to win but it felt like you doubly wanted it to happen just because Cliff was the the golden boy of your the start of the air raid era, he comes back and just unable to get it done. So, yeah, I, I wonder if that uh, factored in on on people's voting. But you still uh, have that opportunity. Someone just chimed in with sticks. <laughs> We've seen a little bit of that. I may have seen more sticks than Sonny Cumbie so far, at least on the chat line. I, I really enjoyed Stephen Sheffield, no question. That... Yeah, just oh, such a weird thing era. It was really odd, yes. Well, it was that, weird, too, because... That's when it started to feel like Mike Leach was, Leach was losing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> upstairs? <laughs> yes. Or anywhere. The nick on the back of the jersey? All yes. Yeah. yeah, all of that. So. I did appreciate the uh, Taylor Potts post, where it was the Chuck Norris quotes that were twisted for to be Taylor Potts. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't read the playbook. He stares at it until he gets the information he wants. Yeah, the Taylor Potts sticks thing. Part of what was weird about it, not just the Mike Leach weirdness, but it's the first time you had to do multiple quarterbacks in the Mike Leach era. I mean, everything else was you got one starter and you're going to stick with him the entire year. It was a lot more back and forth that year than we were used to. All right, uh, continue to hit us up. Plenty more on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll get to some conference realignments. And uh, Jamie's favorite guy. I have lots of them. Well, the guy in uh, Laker yellow right now. Darvin spewing Ham? again. No. Mm. Darvin Ham's star boy. It is the morning drive on Double T 97.3. It's time for this day in sports history. Part of the morning drive. He's Jamie. I'm Choice. Jeff McGuire. Take it away. 1919. In truly Boston Red Sox fashion, pitcher Carl Mays walks off the mound blaming his teammates for a lack of support in the field. 1926, official morning drive marathon runner, Pavo Nermi runs a world record 3,000 meter, 8 minutes, 20 seconds, point four. I apologize, Jeff, but can we go back to the first thing? The Red Sox, sure. The pitcher just walked off the mound. He just walked getting, off the mound. Wasn't getting enough support. He felt like his defense was failing him. Yes. <laughs> Forget you guys. I'm, I'm going I'm, back to work at the Applebee's. 
Man, is there any worse look, even though sometimes it's totally justified, mm-hmm. than a pitcher who gets frustrated when a guy boots a ball or whatever? I mean, it's totally justified. You can be frustrated with him, but, of course, the cameras are looking for it. Araldis Chapman got caught with that. Are on... you bringing up memories of Casey Cowan again? <laughs> <laughs> Araldis Chapman on Saturday night uh, against the Red Sox, I mean, had one of those moments. DJ LeMay, dropped two pop flies in one inning, playing second base. <laughs> okay. One inning. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty it's bad. A, a multi-time gold glover. And yep. after the first one, Chapman, like, really rolled his eyes. <laughs> they caught it back. It's a terrible look. It is. But, but again, totally justified you, your frustration level, I right? I think it's justified, but as a pitcher, you're supposed to be like a quarterback out there. Mm-hmm. You're kind of supposed to be like, all right, all right, get the next one. Them mm-hmm. being frustrated, while justified, is as bad as that it's good when they acknowledge that somebody just saved them. Like when an outfielder makes a great catch or a diving stop, they're like, man, thank you. That's, I thought I was toast there. And it's as bad for them as that is good, if that makes sense. Like the the pendulum swings Mm -hmm. equidistance. I don't know. It's like like when uh, Brady's wife criticized Welker for dropping that pass in the Super Bowl. (laughs) That's not, I think that's a worse look. Yeah, that's even worse. Keep my name out your mouth. Sorry. Waiting for Will Smith to walk in. Mm-hmm. 1934, Babe Ruth hits home run number 700 for his career. This one against the Detroit Tigers. 1962, Choice's favorite sport, British Open. Arnold Palmer wins his second consecutive Open, six strokes clear of the rest of the field. Nineteen sixty-three, future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Early Win wins his three hundredth and last Major League Baseball game at forty-three. Early Win, W Y N N. It's a good name. Yep, I like it a lot. I it's mean, good baseball name for a baseball name, much better Especially than a pitcher. Pitcher named Bob Walk or something like that, <clears throat> or Jamie Hit. <laughs> Jamie, Hitt. I always thought I'm like, why is that guy not a batter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I There's think the, his middle name needs to be No. <clears throat> no hit. Jamie, yeah. no hit. Mm-hmm. 1960, nope, 1979, excuse me. California's Nolan Ryan and Boston's Steve Renko each lose nine hitters, uh, lose no hitters in the ninth. In the same game? Different games. Oh, okay. That would have been crazy yeah, if both a, pitchers had a no-no. Had no, no, I wonder what the record is for the deepest into a game with both pitchers having a no-no. There was uh, a Rangers-Astros game this year that went pretty deep with Verlander and Martin Perez. Yeah, I think that one got into the fifth or sixth, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was fifth for both no-hitters, and then Martin carried in a, into the eighth. Okay. Then And then lost. Gave up one run, and then the Rangers lost after they pulled him. Uh, 1994. Former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor O.J. Simpson, charged with murder, gives hair samples for testing. Mm. And in 2019, brace yourselves. After the Atlantic League, a Major League Baseball partnership rule change, Southern Maryland's Blue Crabs outfielder Tony Thomas 
becomes the very first player in professional baseball history to steal first base in a 7-2 victory over the Lancer Barnstormer, the Lancaster Barnstormers. Per the ALPA press release, batters are allowed to steal first base on any pitch not caught in flight and that, are, and that a batter can be thrown out if he chooses to run, similar to what happens on a drop third strike. Ooh, that's like XFL rules type of stuff or like really getting out there. You don't like it? No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I know. If you get in one of those parks that's extremely cavernous, that has behind home plate, huge, yeah, yeah you, foul territory like space. It. I'm telling you, I, I Saturday night, the, the Yankees and the Red Sox went to extras. Mm-hmm. Red Sox end up winning, but. You know, both teams obviously start with the ghost runner out at second. And Still to hate. listen to the Fox broadcasters talk about how good it is for the game. And I hate it so much. I don't think I'm this huge baseball purist. It just feels so fake to me. I mean, it's I, like starting baseball or basketball overtime with, hey, um, we're going to turn it into a three-point shooting contest or... or yeah. You can when when their five come down the court, you can only have three defenders. I mean, I just hate it so much. It's just so dumb to me. Yeah. Um. Again, both. I don't know that it's speeding up the game. Both teams. No, have, because both can have a score, chance. and we've seen a lot of these games go to to the tenth or eleventh yeah. inning because they score one run apiece. Or yeah, I I just, I just do not like I, it at all. I agree with you, but I think. I've gotten to the point where I've just come around and accepted it. And and I part of like my it. reasoning is dumb, I get, because of the stats part of it. But that's part, a major I, I part mean, of baseball. Yeah. I mean, so it just seems right. I mean, Trevino starts the 10th on second base, and, and Judge hits a double into the gap, and he gets an RBI. Well, so Aaron Judge is going to have more opportunities for RBIs in that situation than a guy did 10 years ago, so mm-hmm. the numbers are now going to be skewed. Like, how good is Aaron Judge's season? Well, he's got 65 RBI this year. Okay, well, how many were in extra innings? I mean, probably only two or three. I don't know. But still, it's like, I don't like that. That That's not – you don't start with somebody in scoring position. It's just not right. It's dumb. If it would be stupid just to do it in the top half of the inning, which it would be, it's equally as stupid to do it in both halves yeah. of the inning. It's it's like I hate this, too, in, in like in college football where you start at the 25 and – you know, um, that A&M-LSU game that went to six overtimes or whatever. Yeah. And so a game that was twenty tied at 27 at the end of regulation is now a 63-61 to 61 game, <laughs> and, and the Aggies' defense and LSU's defense gets credited for giving up 63 in the game. I'm like, that's dumb. It is. That's why I don't think the overtime rules in, in football should set you up in scoring position immediately. Agreed. No, you should you start should, from the – yeah. 50. You should have to at least get a first down to be yeah. in scoring range. I'd be fine with midfield. It's National French Friday. Okay, Ooh. that's pretty good. Tough to beat that one. Happy birthday, Harrison Ford, 80. Cody Bellinger, 27. Sir Patrick Stewart, 82. Cheech Martin, 76. Sinshu Chu, 41. And Spud Webb is 60 today. Who's Sir Patrick Stewart? Jean-Luc Picard. From uh, Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> okay. That would be why. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. I that forgot guy. about him. Forgot about him. Pat, and he was also an X-Men and a bunch of, like, 
there's a reason that he was knighted by the Queen. Okay. He's a well-known actor. Mm -hmm. uh, and in 1985, one of the things that I greatly regret that I missed, because I just didn't know what was happening, Wembley Stadium in London. Prince Charles and Princess Diana officially open Live Aid, a worldwide rock concert organized to raise money for the relief of famine-stricken Africans. Uh, continued at JFK Stadium in Philadelphia and in other arenas around the world. The 16-hour super concert was globally linked by satellites to more than a billion viewers in 110 nations. In a triumph of technology and goodwill, the event raised more than $125 million in famine relief for Africa. Okay. And Queen put on a hell of a show that I have seen on YouTube probably okay. more times than I would acknowledge. You didn't watch that one live, Jamie? I did not watch. Any of the 16 hours of the concert? Uh, I did not watch Live Aid that I can remember. Okay. What year was it again, Jamie? 85. 85, about 11-ish. Yeah. All right, uh, plenty more of your thoughts rolling in. We'll get to some of those. A uh, baseball-ish question. What Red Raiders will be drafted? What Red Raiders do we expect to be drafted this weekend? We'll get to that coming up in a little bit, as well as back to some conference realignments and where ESPN's FPI has the Red Raiders. All of that still to come. It is the morning drive on Double T 97.3. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Uh, it's the morning drive on Double T 97.3. Double T 97.3.com, a Wednesday edition. I'm Choice Woodman in for Chuck Hines today. Jamie Lintz to my right. Jeff McGuire behind the protective glass. Taking care of us. Punching buttons. Attempting to make us sound good. Uh, you can continue to hit us up. Ace Flooring Center chat line yours. As many of you have hopped on to so far today. You can keep doing that through that Double T 97.3 mobile app. We're joining you from the First United Bank studio downtown. This morning, uh, we'll get to some uh, realignment thoughts. ESPN's FPI, uh, looking towards the college football season, where Texas Tech is specifically, coming up in a few moments. But um, cleaning up a few thoughts from the chat line from earlier, Jamie. Uh, someone said, my first marathon, I had horrible muscle cramps. I drank a ton of pickle juice that long, miserable day. Mm. Someone else said... <clears throat> Must not have been any pickle juice involved when Choice died on that mountain. <laughs> I really think that yeah. I did not bring it that trip. Mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not think, sure. As I said I in remember. response to that is a lot of good the pickle juice did that day. <laughs> and had it looked like he was dying and there had been a situation where he needed mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. I would have been out because, I because the, the, breath, juice. the breath would have smelled like pickle N juice. So. Not the smooching with me, the, just the pickle juice. The pickle juice was would yeah. have been too much. Okay. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good to know <laughs> for the future. I, You know what? I I'd have maybe screamed juice. for another hiker to come by or something. I don't know. Here, there's would. a bear over there. Here, come give this guy <laughs> mouth to mouth. <laughs> I actually think... Um, I can't remember if I brought pickle juice. That that whole trip's a little fuzzy to me for some reason. You you almost uh, you almost left us, Joyce. I, uh, so. I know the first part of the trip is fuzzy. I do remember summiting the next morning. That was fun. Yeah. I did like that uh, hike. 
Staying above the I, tree line is something we should probably not do. Like <laughs> camping above those, those winds were something vicious. that night. I can't believe you even remember because you were so. <laughs> I was out knocked pretty out. good. That I think I went to sleep at like six in the evening. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it was that late. I, I think it was earlier than that, yeah. and you were never to be heard from again. The sun was up for sure mm-hmm. when I went to sleep, mm-hmm. and then uh, we did see some cool. Uh, uh, bighorns the next day we did yeah we did they we saw a lot of yeah this was the hike that choice says hey the good thing is here we're so high up we won't see any snakes <laughs> and we, i mean we we're still we could still see his truck <laughs> that's so true and he almost steps on one yeah that's like oh there's a snake jamie <laughs> <laughs> yeah great he's like oh i'm yeah. done yeah there was that was a memorable trip it was yeah. There's a lot to that. I mean, one. I think that was our last big one that we've done. Yeah, choice <laughs> like, hey, let's stop here for forty five seconds. Uh-huh. Choice said, "I'm just going <laughs> to lean up against this tree," and ten seconds later, he's snoring. Uh, I mean, he yeah. is just out. I'll like tell the, you, never had oxygen deprivation like think, that yeah. before. Don't know what. So I'm going to bring. So every time we stopped, I would have to wake him up. Yeah, it was Go. crazy. And then Jamie's a pretty fast-paced hiker, too. So he's, like, sitting there. I bet you could have gone up and down the mountain a couple of times. <laughs> Slow as I had to that, was that, a, that was a tough one. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was something. I'm glad something. you made it back. We, yeah. I think you only mean that just so you didn't have to find someone else to fill shows. Um, <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> not completely not true, completely anyway. completely true. Yeah. And we did summit the next day a little bit later than we wanted to, yeah, but that's later. the fun of hiking. There's a cool little lake down there, too. Yeah. That was a good place. Uh-huh. Um, someone said, did Kirby say the players will enter the stadium from a different place? Where will the band enter the field for pregame, and where will they be sitting? This is all post, or I guess for the 2024 football season, so everything will be normal the next two seasons. And I don't know... If I, I guess this would keep the players from walking across because right now you can go kind of line up behind the stadium on the south side and watch the players. Yeah, you build exit a little, the stadium. little human. Yeah, tunnel. Tunnel. Yeah, yeah, for them to go. But through. I don't know if this will will be different or not. So I'm not. I'm not sure Kirby specified on that. Um, this one. Who do you guys think will get drafted for Tech baseball from Tech baseball this weekend? Well, I think Jace Young definitely is the first guy. Um, his stock may have dropped a little bit after this year, but I definitely still expected to see him in the top 20 picks. Yeah, first-round guy. First-round guy. Pretty unanimous there. Uh, uh, I have to, after that, I think Birdsell will be a top three guy, top three rounds, I should say. Okay. Um, and that, that I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's much doubt there. I think Chase Hampton and uh, Andrew Morris are both going to go, I would guess, within the top 10 rounds. Um, Hampton turns 21 within 45 days of the draft, and that allows him to be draft eligible. But the one thing that you could see Hampton back with is that he's got multiple years of leverage because of his age. Right, that's exactly right. So. I mean, if they're, somebody's got to know that when they draft him and say, hey, we're willing to... They probably already know his number going into the draft. Sure. And um, so, they, so they're saying, okay, well, let, let's just throw out a number. Let's say that number's a million dollars. If this kid doesn't get a million-dollar signing bonus, he's going to go back to college. So 
we we might not want to take a chance on him if we're not willing to to go that high. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like and, and, and a million is probably too high for where he'll get drafted. I don't know exactly where he'll be taken, but um, I would guess somewhere between five and ten. And kind of the way he finished the year compared to the way that Morris finished the year, I I don't know. It could I could go either or as far as. Which one gets drafted higher? Mm-hmm. But, I, I wouldn't be surprised at either one. Yeah, one uh, or the other. So I think all of those guys, and then I think that Cole Stillwell has a shot as well. Right later on, but I I think it's still a possibility you could see Cole back as as well. But um, in terms of seniors, uh, any chance to see Kurt Wilson get drafted? Um, I would I would guess he and Morell. Uh-huh. Um. Later yeah. round guys, if they if yeah, they were. I, I would guess both of those guys senior signs. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay them a lot of money with the signing bonus. Sure, they don't have any options. Almost better for them to not get drafted if if they're going to go late. Sure, right because they pick you, where they want to go or if, whatever. It, especially if you're not going to get a good bonus, then yep. it's it's better to kind of pick. But um, I think um, yeah, I think you could see a couple of those guys drafted late. Uh, three names for tech recruiting to watch out. For, as far as commits, uh, there's a guy named Travis Sanders, who's the number 90 overall prospect. Uh, I think, be, believe, according to Perfect Game, shortstop. Um, yep, shortstop. He's, I think, two o not. I think two o five on the prospects live draft board. So expected to go. Uh, Jarrett Curtis, outfielder, speed. Yeah, like the fastest high schooler in the draft. Yeah, really Most committed would be your would have a good chance of maybe being your starting center fielder if and he then, makes it to campus. And then another outfielder, Gage Harrelson. Harrelson's a potential one, um, ranked 136th in Perfect Games, 22 recruiting class, so he's kind of a fringe guy. Not sure if he's he's not on a lot of draft boards right now because I think there's a thought that he will probably go to college, but those are three guys you should keep an eye on as far as the – Recruits or the commits to Texas Tech. All right, uh, plenty more on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Get back to that and uh, looking towards the season for the Red Raider football team. It is the morning drive on Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, Choice Woodman. Jeff McGuire and our extremely fine listening audience. My question for you today, when the new football facility is completely finished, okay, which will be when and ready for the first kickoff in what year? 2024. 2024. Okay. So as you so welcome in new, I knew that one. new programs. 2024. Yes. If you were Kirby Hoka... And you could make this happen. Who would be your first choice to host in that very first game? Ooh, good question. You get to the USA. You got Indiana and Bob Knight, right? That was game one. Does this? Yeah, that was, that game, was one. game one. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Who would you want to just? I mean, Saturday night, opening weekend of the season in 2024. Who would you want in here? Doesn't have to be on the schedule for that year right now, because that schedule's basically set. 
Well, who knows with conference realignment? Yeah, these true. schedules could shake up. Yeah. I mean, that is true. I'm pretty sure. You know what? You know who's on your schedule in 2024? Is Oregon on your schedule? Oregon is on your schedule. Next year and 2024, Oregon is on your schedule. So if they happen to be a conference member, you're obviously going to have to replace them. <laughs> sure. So perfect question, Jamie. Um, man, I I think I want someone, Jamie, that's that's got some some pizzazz to the name, but not great right now. If that makes sense. Mm. Oh, someone that is going to give you credibility but isn't necessarily beating the world down with with how they're playing i because i want a chance at winning that game did you lose that first game to indiana yes so i don't remember honestly i don't i honestly can't remember jeff i'm pretty sure you did indiana won that game we went from yes to pretty sure I don't know the so, score. There's but a possibility. That's nice. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember it. getting a win over Indiana. <laughs> either that or you lost it. <laughs> I do not remember getting a win over. I don't Indiana. remember it either. But yeah. again, that was a while ago. Um, I want to say so badly Texas A and M, but man, it would suck if they if they got <laughs> the first win with a, a win over you there, and they're playing pretty good right now. So. Jeff, you have an answer. Best team comes... NIL money can buy. <laughs> Jimbo on the phone. <laughs> Ready to take out Jamie take, Lynch. Hey, get, get, get in line. Pete is, Pete is waiting to talk to us first. Pete. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> so this is assuming that they have to come, right? Like, if if I say they're coming, they're coming. It's not, well, it would be like, difficult to host if they're not. Right, Like, but it's not a... <laughs> We're suspending reality. Alabama isn't coming. We're suspending reality. We're suspending reality in this conversation. What? Well, I mean, you can be whoever you want. You could do a, a home and two away type of deal with just about anybody, and most, most schools would agree to that. So it's could be Assuming they're not a conference member, and I don't think they're in the list of people who would be, how about Florida State? Okay. Your reasoning for Florida State? Name program. No matter what gets you excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. Um, I don't know what their recruiting is looking like in Florida right now. I'm not paying that much attention to it. It the, But it would draw in some interest. And it's much like Indiana where we would remember that game no matter what. But it's also not a, a team that you play every other year, every five years. It, it's the once in the blue moon type game. Mm-hmm. I think, And I think you could win. I think my answer uh, is USC. I think I'd go with USC. I hope Lincoln Riley doesn't uh, resurrect that program too quickly. But right now, it's a program, again, that still has obviously the pop to the name because the name is what's getting them into the Big Ten right now. But they haven't just been a world beater in recent history. Plus, I think we've got some, uh, you know, some payback that's still needed there for what they did to us in the Cotton Bowl in '95. So, I think there was another game. What '78 too? I don't know, but USC would be a fun one. I think I'm gonna surprise you with my answer. Okay. Because I have said before. I don't care if we ever play this team again. I just want it to be like the vibe and the excitement 
Hmm. And the atmosphere like we've had at the USA for Kentucky, Hmm. for Kansas a couple times, for Texas last year, I want that. Give me the Aggies. That is I just think there's nothing that would make that place more electric. I don't want to lose that game. I don't want to lose to them ever in anything. I don't care if it's tech tiddlywinks. I don't want to lose to them. I just want that night to be so awesome. I also didn't want to lose to Texas this year at home in men's basketball. And guess what? We didn't. We didn't. I know. Okay. The thought of, of what that would feel like is pretty bad, but you lived up to the hype. Yeah. So, and and yeah. you know what? If they win, I mean, okay, so they win. We've, we won in College Station a bunch of times, too. So whoop-de-doo. Yeah. But that would be so much fun. And there would be so much build-up build and excitement heading into that season. It's not like, also, that it is a brand-new stadium. So it's not like A&M would be able to lay claim to, hey, we got the first win in your new building. So I, you know what? I'm, I'm for that. I am a little nervous because A and M seems to be on the rise. There's no, there's no question. But that's fair. It sure would be. I think you're right. It would be a lot of fun. I just that's think probably that, number one on my I list. I think that too. I'm, I'm trying to just think about how much fun. And again, we lost to Kentucky. Okay, but was that still fun? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one of I the mean, coolest atmospheres. The the the, the whiteout uh, Kansas game. Was that fun? Well, we beat the living jeekers out of them. But, yeah, that was really fun. The 29-point win? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was yeah. a blast. I mean. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I mean, the the Texas game last year at home was one of the most fun times I've ever had at a sporting event. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. I, I just I, I want that. I mean, and I think every Red Raider fan that was at those games would feel the same way about how much excitement and how fun it was and the build-up was there and then you lived up to the hype and all of that. I just want that for a football game, man. That would be so much fun. I agree. Yeah, I, I think I, I, the one thing, and I'm not trying to get away too far. By the way, lost to 68-60 to Indiana that first game. But the one thing that I hope Joey McGuire brings back about probably above anything is making Jones Stadium fun again. Yeah. Make, making the atmosphere a feared place yeah. for teams to come into. Because that's sure. the thing that has dissipated in the last 12 years. There's been some singular nights or some singular games where it's been like, okay, you're getting kind of a, a taste of what it used to be like. But that was the biggest thing for Mike Leach for your 2000s football team is that it was, your home field advantage Mm-hmm. was one of the top ones in college football. Yeah. I mean, Tech can hand out frozen batteries uh, to anybody <laughs> coming into the stands. I don't care. If there's um, stink bait available anywhere. Stink bait. Okay, we'll, we'll use it. You're absolutely right. Get that feeling that, you know, yeah. this is a tough place to play. Oh, my goodness, these fans are, you know, they're ripe and they're ready to go. I mean, get that feeling back. Right now, you, you cannot – miss a conference game for tech basketball at least for students the there's a feeling where it's like yeah that's the place to be you've got to be there yep yep and you have to get that feeling in jones stadium you're you're not part of the cool crowd if you weren't at that game yeah you were 
Wait, what were you doing well, on Saturday? Now the cool thing to do is maybe go and then and then go bench. to the parking lot for right. Second that, half that has to obviously has go to. away. Yeah, you think come from behind victories solve that? Because it's not just you know leading because you've had that and team. It's not just close games, but where you've got to be there for the second half. I I think it's when people realize that's being part of seeing it is more important than the free beer. I also think the not just being part of seeing it, but knowing that you make an impact in the stadium. Like if if you are part of winning those games. Everybody's out in the parking lot with their dogs mm. drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, morning drive continues on double T ninety seven three. The boom, boom, boom on Double T 97.3 is brought to you by Montelongo's Mexican Restaurant. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner at 3021 Clovis Highway. Closed today, but open every other day. Time for the boom, boom, boom. It's the morning drive on Double T 97.3. He's Jamie. Jeff McGuire across the way. I'm Choice. Jamie, kick us off, would you tell? All right, in Arlington last night, Bo Jackson ran for a couple of scores, and I'm just kidding. Emmett Smith scored a touchdown. The A's beat the Rangers fourteen to seven. Just kidding. Just a joke. Rangers pitching, which has been pretty good. Yee. Actually, Joyce, oh. here's the shocking part. This game went to extra innings. Pretty wild, right? <laughs> they put up eight in the twelfth in the A's. Eight. See, get rid of the ghost runner. They don't need any help. <laughs> Goodness. Eight. Run 12, 14 7, the final. That was game two of the series. Rubber match today, 6 30 pregame start time. You'll hear it here on Double T 97 3. And uh, the Houston Astros in action last night as well. My computer does they not beat the Angels low. Low. by a count of <laughs> six to five. That's Thank a good you, setup there, choice. Yeah. Astros uh, blew a four run lead, but rallied to take the opener of their three game series against the Angels. One thing I can tell you with confidence that we'll play again tonight. It's well done. As the Astros and Angels go at it in game two of that three game series, we'll have the game for you. Eight oh five on the coverage start time. Right, let's see how OCD you are. This is an 8.38 scheduled first pitch. Does that bother you? It's it, not a round-ish number? It doesn't bother me. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Okay. I think Clint, it really bothers him. You know, you know. I don't want to say it bothers me, but I always kind of roll my eyes about it. When, like, a college football game is scheduled to, you know, kick off at 2 o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a broadcaster show host will be like, yeah, I bet that thing will kick at actually 203. <laughs> Bothers you. Two o'clock, no. yeah. It's two o'clock, Dave. It's two o'clock. Okay. We don't really need to say that. Uh, Astros yeah. Angels tonight. You can catch the game as you can uh, all of your Astros games here in Lubbock on 100.7, the score. You know, Choice, i got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much out there that's um, that entertaining this morning okay. for the headlines. I'm not finding anything else that's that fine. I think is Opening a Big 12 Media Day. Yeah, Big 12 Media Day is the only other one that I would 
toss out there. Okay. But it Although, doesn't really matter. Hasn't happened tech's yet. not there. Yeah, right. Tech today. isn't there today. Mm-hmm. Texas isn't there today. Oklahoma isn't there today. Yeah, they obviously saved the best for last in this one. Uh, I think the part that is going to be interesting with Big 12 Media Days is, uh, is you're going to hear conference commissioner. And I believe Brett Yormark is supposed to speak today, even though he's not technically on the job yet. I believe he's uh, going to, to speak and probably answer questions about realignment. So that part of it should be uh, interesting or at least intriguing for people to tune into. Like I said, the the way he answers the questions about realignment and the words that he uses with regards to we like where we're at, we like how this conference is sitting and our future is bright, tells me we're not expanding. The we're open to all possibilities and welcoming in and, and moving and moving this conference forward kind of leads me to believe that we would be expanding if those are the phrases used. It is a uh... I just don't know I I don't know how much you can take from what they say. Um, I, from, hear, I hear what Jeff's saying, and I think what he's saying is making sense. I just don't know that I'm ready to be bought in if they say one of those things. I, I just think that everybody right now should be saying, you know, we're all open to all possibilities. That's probably what we're going to get. You know, we, yeah. you know, we're... We feel like we're in a good spot. We're not dying to add teams. We we don't feel desperate in any way, shape, or form. But we're always open to making the this the best conference in the country. I think that's why, and, like uh, the AD. so we don't want to close any doors. I mean, those that's what I would want to hear them say. Um, even though they may be thinking, yeah, we're we're already going after Oregon and Washington. I mean, but but we're just not going to hear that. I think the AD for Arizona State was a bit premature for with how he handled things basically saying no we're completely committed to the pac-12 you can say yeah we're still staying committed to the pac-12 but we're also exploring all options and doing what is best for arizona state at this moment i don't know if i don't know if you should say that yeah i don't know that i would have said that if i was arizona state i think i would I think I would lie and say, you know, right now we're com- right now we're committed to the Pac-12 conference, and we just have to see how things shake out. I guess so. Um, but the other, I guess, see, this is why I I would be if you'd be a pretty if, good AD. I, I'd be a pretty good coach. I think. I think I'm coach B. Except the part about coaching, because that part I would be terrible at. Okay, I'd be but, a great coach. Except, for but that, I think I could be yeah, really good at coach. I think I could be really good at coach speak. I agree with that. You yeah. are pretty good. You've yeah. been around Coach Tadlock enough. To... Yeah, but the whole actually helping a team win, mm. I'm totally out on that. That's why you thing. hire good assistants around you, James. That's, 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 right. what, that's what you do. There you go. You just get Here. good in front of a microphone. Give and me then... Zach Kitley, and then I'll be like, yes, I clearly am an offensive genius. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Um, the, I guess the other storyline for Big 12 Media Day days um, is the new coaches. Last year we didn't have any new coaches my recollection i don't think we had any last last year going in uh but we've got three this year obviously brent venables for ou texas uh, had a new coach last year sark thank you thank you maybe it was two years ago that you didn't have any new ones i think that's right i think two years ago you didn't have any new ones um baylor how long is aranda's been there two two three this will be his third year 
forget anything I said. So I think Jeff's right. Keep having new coaches every year. Anyway, you got three brand new ones. Uh, Venables for OU, Sonny Dykes at TCU, and then, of course, Joey McGuire. Yeah, Tech. but he's been around here long enough it now. It feels like, doesn't it feel like McGuire's been around for so long? Like, it really, because you hired him in season. Mm-hmm. Usually, that hiring happens in December or January. Well, he's been here for eight months now, since November. Yeah. We're in the seventh month, so. That's a long time for. And he was on staff technically last so. year. Had to be, so he could recruit. Yes. It's almost nine months, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, Venables has this, I just think Oklahoma's a really intriguing team to me. I do not know what to expect of them, from them. They lost so much. And as far as talent and also our current talent and then incoming recruits, but they still just, have a lot. They though. still have a lot, and, and they, but they have a first year, first time head coach. Yeah, and so I think but he's going to be a good coach. I I just don't know. This is a guy that everybody has crowned forever as like the best coordinator out there. This is the guy that everybody. Well, the folks wanted. at Oklahoma didn't initially. No, when they no, ran him out of town. Crazy, um, but yeah, the, the, for a long time since he's been under Dabo. Everybody's thought Brent Venables, next great head coach. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see it in action, but you're right; it's a, it's a new situation. I think new. he may be a good coach, end up being a good coach, but surely he's going to have some first time coach, you know, hiccups. We hope. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm I ready mean, for OU ultimately. To it comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's, right? It does, and they yeah, still and they have should a lot. The mo- have the most. Um, but, but so should the Longhorns, yeah, you, and they continue to exactly disappoint. Longhorns. Well, they're not really disappointing me, but not living up to what they could be. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, it's crazy. Snead and I talked about this a little bit last week, but how much he's underperformed everywhere he's gone as a Power 5 coach <laughs> and still just failing upwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, at huh. Washington, I think he had five He was five games above 500 in his mm-hmm. time there. Uh, at USC, drank himself out of the job. And now at Texas, starts off with a 5-7 and seven year. Mm-hmm. I, I heard, I heard it was the dog's continues. fault at USC. The dog? Yeah. The dog provided the beer for him. That's exactly oh, what happened. Uh, he was... <laughs> obviously had success at Alabama, you know, underneath Saban. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's just not been a ton of it. You're you're 100% right. I'm hoping it continues. 1,000%. <laughs> don't like Steve Sarkeesian? I don't like him or hate him, but... I just want him to fail at Texas. Yeah, I don't. I don't. He's not one of those guys that's got a punchable face or whatever. Yeah, his like predecessor. A, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Tom Herman. Herman. I mean, you just wanted to kick that guy in the teeth every time you saw him. For sure. Feels a little bit different with Sark, but no. still, I I want him to fail. Hope he fails. Yep. All right, a lot more, a lot of dog drinking beer thoughts on the chat line. <laughs> we'll go through some of those. Back to the FPI where Texas Tech falls in on ESPN's list and more realignment talk. And hour number three, it's the morning drive on Double T 97.3.